0: The Cultivated Being Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the third episode of this podcast about two uh, brothers talking about doctor stuff and sometimes two doctors talking about brother stuff. My name is Jake Hyde, I'm here as always with my brother, Nick Hyde. Hello, everybody. (laughs) All right. There he is. I'm out here in West Palm Beach. Beautiful day. And he's across the country in Northern California. Probably a beautiful day there, too, I'm guessing. Oh, yeah. Well, we're doing our best over here. That's for sure. I'm sure. (laughs) Making do, right? Making lemonade. Well, uh, good to see you, Nick. Good to hear your voice. (laughs) I love these (laughs) weekly encounters that we have. Yeah. How's your week? Any important insights in the world of health or life? Any interesting lessons? Yeah. Well, you mean like clinical perspective or just stuff that I'm like reading about or like what? I mean, because there's always a lot that we could talk about, I'm sure. Something interesting for me, an interesting anecdote. Okay. I want to be in. <laughs> All right. Or, you know, a helpful thing that maybe I want to know. Well, this is for you then. Um, so I have this patient who uh, he's, he's been presenting to me for a while about different stuff. And you know how like life goes on and different stuff comes up. Well, anyways, this is something he didn't really mention when we first started out working with each other that he had probably about five or six years of like IBS symptoms every day, you know, Mm -hmm. hasn't really had that since then, except for like the last couple of weeks. And so, uh, you know, in our process of going through stuff, you know, that we both do the, the emergence process, right. I'm looking through it and, um, it seems as though we have to work on his like spiritual pillar of his health. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was kind of interesting. So, you know, we're, we're going through it and, uh, you know, some stuff comes up and we're working through some spiritual stuff in, in, in the clinic. And, uh, afterwards, you know, I send him home and he told me about the, you know, IBS and whatever. Anyways, the next couple of days, he said that just, it completely went away. Like he was having nausea and, you know, stomach cramps up into the point where he, got worked on in the, in the clinic. And then they were just gone. Right. But we were working on his spiritual health. And so anyways, he comes back to me after we'd been talking about this and he was like, you know what, that spiritual stuff that we were talking about was the same stuff that was going on for those six years of my life. And, and he's like, I had no idea that they were connected in that way. Anyways, that was just kind of interesting because, you know, generally, When people present with an issue like that, you're thinking chemical. You're thinking like you know, nutritional stuff like that. But Mm -hmm. to me, it's to me, it's more interesting when things like that show up and they present, and you realize, whoa, this is actually emotional or spiritual or mental or you know, like some of the stuff where you wouldn't really think that they connect. Perhaps it's all connected in the end, Nick, or in the beginning, (laughs) and all the way through. Yeah, especially the middle part. Yeah, man, how about this? Uh, Just started not too long ago treating an older gentleman around, you know, 70 years old or mid-60s or whatever. And he's a sweet guy, quite a bit of health problems, seen a lot of different, you know, doctors, typical story and Feeling, I guess, more desperate, goes to see a more alternative doctor like myself, and um, he, you know, he gets it right away that maybe there's like stress could be the root cause of some of these things, and it's rare, right, that you get into deeper traumas in the first session. You just don't. People typically aren't ready for that, and it's you have to go through like these little steps to get to some of, like, the bigger, deeper wounds that we hold on to, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, So this is, like, the third session, fourth session. And a big emotional thing that we're letting go of is the feeling of submissive. And it goes to show you just never know people's stories, really, what they've been through. And that one, in my head, sometimes, like, you know, you can't, completely turn off your brain and you kind of wonder like okay submissive this doesn't seem like that important mm. it kind of feels like almost like a lack of emotion right or you're know, just submissive or whatever uh anyway seemed like a kind of basic session and then he gets in the car and can't really drive for a while after leaving he said wow. like he's so dizzy But he uh, had to get to another appointment, and so we went anyway. And his next appointment, he's, like, feeling, like, really dizzy and, like, kind of room spins and concerning for him, obviously. Oh, yeah. And just to be clear, our types of treatments, we don't do anything mechanical. I don't move his body. I don't do anything forcibly. Yeah. Talk about things. Might lightly touch something, right? Might move the legs around a little bit. That's all we do. So like, what could it cause dizziness, right? So he, and I would tell everyone to pay attention to how they feel afterwards, right? Just kind of teaching people to be more in tune with their bodies. So he calls me the next day, just thinking, uh, I had some crazy symptoms after that treatment. Is that normal? And any reaction's kind of normal. There's no... totally normal thing about therapies that identify interference with your body's ability to heal Mm -hmm. you remove the interference and then the body's going to adapt It changes as it should right Mm -hmm. so uh you had to trust like hey body's figuring out what to do now Mm. and um i'm like well you're fine today right he's like yeah today i feel great okay good that was just like a an adjustment period to the changes in your neurology. Hmm. Anyway, he started, he talked about it and he's like, yeah, we worked on submit. Well, actually I did suggest him like you might've had like a bigger release. Like what we might've worked on, um, might've just been like a really big deal for you in your life. Um, and thus created like a bigger release physically, bigger change in your body. And, um, like, so what do we work on? He's submissive. And I was like, ah, oh, yeah. What What was that? <laughs> But what we were working on um, was like submitting as a boy to a really physically abusive father, hmm. um, observing abuse. It wasn't really on him; it was on his sister, hmm. and he just felt submissive, like he had, to, like he couldn't do anything about it. Wow. Uh, and I was just like, "Yeah, that's probably a big deal." Yeah. And that's, he's like 70, right? So he's carried this his whole life. Just part of his programming on the way the world is, the way it works. You take that from somebody and then, yeah, body's got to adjust. There's new rules, right? So that was crazy. And that's another lesson wow. for me of just like, don't have any prejudgment as to what we're working on. <laughs> okay? Yeah. No, totally. Just don't know. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's a really good point. I I think about that with, uh, you know, there's never been a textbook written about John Doe walking through the door. You know what I mean? Like if there were a textbook and everyone had done all the research about John Doe, that would probably make sense, right? You'd be like, Oh, he's feeling dizzy after this session about submissive. and, And you'd be like, yeah, but you know, there is no textbook. We're all very dynamic, fluid people, you know? And so we all react very differently, but yep. So that was a, a good lesson for me clinically. Mm. Uh, do you, uh, have you been kind of reading anything or watching? Um, anything? Yes. <laughs> so I'm reading a doozy of a book that has been on my reading list uh, probably for like Five or six years, because uh, it's like one of the more influential books of my mentor, Dr. Phillips. Wait, Wait I think that we're reading the same book right now. I just realized that. Power versus force. <laughs> yeah, I got it right here. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I just it just came in the mail last night, so you know, no spoilers for me. But I I just started like page you know page four or something like that right now. Uh, yeah, I've never like wanted to highlight so much in a book and it seems ridiculous sometimes because I just feel like a whole page is highlighted. I'm like, what's the point of this? (laughs) (laughs) But it is fundamental on kind of who I am as a doctor and I never even read that book. Mm. And it's just, it's making me on fire for what I do because this guy is a Ph.D., M.D., physicist, psychologist, philosopher, just very special human being that walks in. Yeah, he's yeah. quantum physicist. Uh, and this is insights to everything. It's just blowing my mind. So I think we should finish. Yeah, we should talk Let's, about this. And yeah. we should have an episode on it because it's, it's big-time stuff. Uh, be really cool if we can get a special guest for that one to, like a Dr. Phillips. So maybe we, that'll be a special episode. Yeah, coming soon. Yeah. <laughs> it's
1: gonna happen Best now.
0: Episode. Yeah. Well, then you know, no spoilers, but maybe you could just put a little bit of a pitch summary of the book or some of the, you know, maybe one thing because there's probably it's probably too hard to summarize, but maybe one thing that just kind of jumped off the page at you. Uh, no. I can't my head spinning thinking about everything. Because again, <laughs> like I'm reading it. I've been reading it for like a week, and last night well, my wife Emily was next to me while I was reading, and every like I had to stop what she was, stop her what she was doing, every like two minutes and be like, "Let me read you something." <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, so I I got the book not really knowing too much of the history behind it, just that it come as a strong recommendation from a lot of sources. And then I look at the back cover and there's a blurb from mother Teresa about the book. (laughs) And I'm like, what? I don't think I've ever seen that. (laughs) Yeah, And so when I saw that, I was like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. And it's not like he's some Catholic mystic cardinal archbishop. He's, he wasn't that right. Probably wasn't even Catholic just, but mother Teresa was like, I have something to say about this book. That's really cool. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately for us with our future books, we can't get Mother Teresa to do the same. But yeah. she's doing better stuff right now, I'm sure. No doubt about that. So let's get into some uh, meat and potatoes of this episode, and I want to talk about a topic that came up today in clinic on. um Just a lady with a wide range of symptoms on various medications from different doctors for various seemingly unrelated conditions. So I'm going to list a handful of different conditions, uh, and you say what they have in common. Okay? Now keep in mind, there's many layers to each of these conditions, and there's different players that can play into why someone might be experiencing these symptoms or these conditions. But there is an underlying one that connects all of these, all right? So let's start kind of from the top down. Conditions could be any combination of anxiety or panic disorders, uh, high blood pressure or heart disease, mm. autoimmune disorders, chronic pain, okay. most commonly in neck or low back, hips, or jaw, mm. some type of digestive issue, be it constipation, diarrhea, or irritable bowel disease, Okay. Uh, gets sick easily, like colds, flus, whatever, um, and possibly hormonal dysregulation. So like, uh, if it's a woman, maybe like fertility could be off or if it's a man, maybe other like sexual performance could be off or something like that. Okay. That's probably enough. We can list more, yeah. but yeah, quite a range of things. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, that's another important one. Uh, insomnia, so okay. inability to fall asleep or more commonly parasomnia, inability to stay asleep which i think more people deal with Ooh, yes so i think you know what the answer is to this you're making stress yeah i was like am i gonna be quizzed in front of everybody yeah no it's, it's stress it's stress yeah so what is stress why do we have such a thing that we experience as humans is it just uh god's silly joke practical joke and watches us just kind of deal with life in this way or is there a purpose to it and like most human experiences there's there's often purpose Mm -hmm. so what what is our stress response a lot of us experience stress as uh like an emotion common Mm -hmm. thing we say is i feel stressed Okay, mm-hmm. and that's just another symptom or side effect of stress, right? Not everyone has the emotional side effects, right? I didn't. I didn't know how stressed I was because I never felt stressed out, right? Right. I just my digestion stopped working and my low back kept going out, and I wasn't yeah. sleeping, but I would I wasn't stressed. I didn't feel stressed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay? So, why do we have it? Let's talk survival. Right? All of biology, anything in nature uh, that's around still is good at surviving. Right, Humans are no exception. Mm-hmm. Now, we have two modes of survival, okay? controlled by your autonomic nervous system. Right, This is like the computer in the background driving the machine. We have two modes. We have long-term survival. Mm-hmm. This is called parasympathetic nervous system function. A lot of people call it rest and digest i just call it like health mode
1: okay Mm -hmm. this is concerned
0: with surviving your life okay long term long and happy life and then you have short-term survival this is called sympathetic nervous system function others call it fight or flight okay this is your emergency procedures Mm mm-hmm This is responsible for surviving the moment, the encounter, right? The attack, the danger, okay? Mm -hmm. And it's a very good system. Worked really well for humans for quite some time. Mm -hmm. However, it's a simple system. It's a yes or no. Our subconscious, which is paying attention and deciding which mode to be in, experiences our five senses and experiences how we're feeling emotionally about what's going on and decides, is there a perceived threat to my body, mind, spirit, etc.? And if the answer is yes, again, not a real threat, perceived threat, that's all that matters because it's, it errs on the side of caution. Mm-hmm. If there's a perceived threat, yes, you shift to fight or flight. Okay. And that worked really well because historically our danger was, A wild animal you know or another attack by another human or something and you wanted to be cautious right your subconscious doesn't care if it's a stick in the grass or a snake it's just going to err on the side of maybe Mm. it's a snake and i need to be safe right totally now our society our environment changed quite a bit right and our stress is rarely life-threatening and Mm -hmm. occasional it's kind of low level but all the time right and our subconscious doesn't really distinguish between a tiger in the room or work stress relationship stress money stress health stress family stress even feelings of envy jealousy and comparison can all be perceived threats Mm -hmm. so now how do how are we supposed to rest yeah yeah, yeah. when we're we're like taking the tiger home with us never leaves us right so you want to start talking about physiological changes because we mentioned a bunch of symptoms right that can lead to uh Mm -hmm. fight or fight you want to start talking about what the changes are like what is what's short-term physiology look like what's long-term look like yeah let's do it okay you want to go fight or flight or rest um let's go yeah hi emily <laughs> no um yeah buddy those special of- <laughs> guests she can't hear you actually Hello? and for the for those Hello, of Mr. you Boss. who aren't that watching and they're just listening to the podcast they lovely wife Emily on the air. <laughs> can you hear? You hearing her, Nick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. It's gonna be a confusing part, but uh, yeah, Jake's lovely wife Emily just uh kind of podcast bombed the podcast. <laughs> this is a big this is a big event. Our first <laughs> guest we've ever had on our podcast. Surprise, it was a surprise guest. Um, all right. <laughs> so let's t- let's talk about let's just talk about short term for both or you're saying short term for you know mm-hmm. sympathetic is that what you're saying like short term is sympathetic right so that's your emergency function yeah. okay mm-hmm. so well let's talk about so long term should be our default so this is your rest and digest physiology this is your long term health that should be your default mode that's where you should be operating from unless something triggers fight or flight. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what does that mean? Well, that means, uh, digestion absorption of nutrients, right? Mm -hmm. That means healing systems in the body. That means immune system function, reproductive health, and even like higher brain function, right? Creative thought, abstract thought, things like that. And, and, and smaller details too. I mean, we could get into like a lot of minutia, but one really important thing is that your blood flows everywhere yep that's important detail people don't really realize that like they think oh i have you know my heart is always pumping and my you know my blood is always going everywhere at all the all the time that's just not true it doesn't even go to your whole brain at any given moment it's kind of crazy exactly because vessels can constrict and relax Exactly. So your body can move blood to where it thinks it needs it the most. But when you're in rest, your whole body needs blood. (laughs) Okay. So when you're in rest, it is going everywhere. Mm. All right. So we'll talk about that change when we shift into stress. Uh, Yeah. So higher brain function, right? Because again, you get full use of your brain. Blood's going everywhere. And uh, you have use of your frontal lobe, which is your ability to think abstractly conceptualize right be creative also make, your language make, centers make community. good decisions which is important yes and, and uh, also step outside of yourself and say what's going on here what's going on in my life or why am i experiencing this why do i feel this way right okay so we kind of get the picture of long-term health looks like so you have a trigger in your environment Okay, historically, a tiger, but it Mm -hmm. could be anything right now, okay? A song on the radio, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a look from your boss, whatever it is. You shift into defense physiology. Let's talk about where blood moves, okay? So blood moves out of your frontal lobe, right? Your human brain into your midbrain. Mm -hmm. What's your midbrain responsible for? Heart rate. Yeah. Yeah, heart rate. Emotions uh, breathing. Yeah. So now, uh, suddenly we become midbrain dominant and we become emotional. We experience our life through how we're feeling to some capacity. And that makes sense, right? You don't want to be overthinking survival. Again, we used that example earlier. Is that a snake in the grass or is that a stick? You just want to be like, I'm scared and I'm going to leave this area. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a lot of us. We're experiencing or reacting through our world based on how we feel. Mm-hmm. So in rest, we can say, why am I angry right now? Why mm-hmm. am I frustrated? Why am I anxious? But in fight or flight, you're just mad or you're mm-hmm. just frustrated or you're just anxious. Mm-hmm. Now you start making decisions based on how you feel. Mm-hmm. Okay. You also lose your ability to... Uh, communicate properly and a lot of us know that when we're like really scared or upset we kind of lose our vocabulary we don't really know how to like uh describe how we're feeling or whatever okay heart rate goes up like you mentioned right so heart rate goes up so does blood pressure right right trying to get as much blood as possible to a couple important parts of your body Right. And I want to actually break down all these changes. We'll talk about symptomology we see or conditions. So let's talk about the brain change first. Anxiety, depression, right? I don't have the stats in front of me, but it's like more than one in 10 Americans are on some kind of treatment for anxiety or depression, right? I think the stat is to the nine, like something like eight or nine most prescribed drugs are for depression or anxiety. Yowzers. That's a lot. Okay. So not an uncommon thing that we're experiencing. It's being treated a lot. And not that some people don't need meds to help balance out some of their brain chemistry. But you can make the argument a lot of people probably just need to understand their stress a little bit and to rest more. Now, back to heart rate. Sahari so goes up, blood pressure goes up. How many people in America are on statins right now for high blood pressure? Oh Yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. A lot. Yeah, millions, millions of yeah. people are. And uh, here's an interesting thing: blood pressure it's pretty dynamic. If I were to tell you, okay, so textbook blood pressure is 120 over 80, right? Mm-hmm. If I were to tell you my blood pressure was 180 over 130, what would you tell me? I think a lot of people would be like, you need to go to a hospital. Yeah. yeah. I'd want it? me to call you an ambulance. Yeah. But what if I said, oh, but I'm, you know, running right now. Like a nice vigorous run. Right. Then you'd be like, oh, yeah, that's pretty healthy. Right. Suddenly, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, because heart, like blood pressure changes based on perceived need. And if your perceived need is you're going to be running from a tiger, you want high blood pressure because you want to move oxygen to your muscles. Mm-hmm. Okay. Especially the big ones in your thighs, specifically. In your. So yeah. Let's talk about that. So muscles tighten, right? Mm-hmm. Big muscles. Okay, mm-hmm. bracing muscles. So think flinching. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So if we've all flinched, we all know, we don't think about doing it. We just do it. So what engages? Well, you know, your traps, think muscles that connect your spine to your head and muscles that connect your spine to your pelvis, Mm -hmm. probably like the biggest groups there. Mm -hmm. So they brace, right? Cause, um, they're expecting danger. Mm hmm. Okay. Muscles that stay engaged for too long become exhausted. Muscles that are exhausted and get pushed a little too much further become, uh, I guess you could say uh, they get pushed to failure. And what does a failed muscle look like? It looks like a spastic muscle. Mm -hmm. And over time that becomes chronically tender and tight and achy. And you get like waist buildup because built up inflammation and things like that. Yeah. Uh, Again, a natural reaction to stress. You don't feel safe. You're going to brace. Okay. Also blood leaves your extremities too. So like hands and feet don't get as much because they're going to the important bigger muscles. Mm. But Blood also leaves your gut, Mm -hmm. right? And so blood around our viscera, around our gut, is what pulls in nutrients from our digested food. No blood in our gut, really no digestion. Mm -hmm. And even the gut motility, right, the motion of food through our body slows down. Mm -hmm. So now you got food sitting in there, not being digested, and you, you're also not getting any nutrients. So it's just like stagnant. So combination of diarrhea and constipation yeah. over time. It's IBS, irritable bowel syndrome. Can I, can I ask a question here for uh, some of our listeners might be, you know, wondering this here. I already know the answer, but this would be interesting to talk about. If I'm on the best diet in the world – what can that do when I'm super stressed out if, I, if I'm dealing with exactly those things that you're, that you're talking about? Well, again, you're investing a lot in your health and you're not getting the maximum benefit because you're not getting those nutrients. You could be taking a ton of really high-quality supplements too and you're not getting full absorption because, A, you're not breaking down the foods because the secretions in your stomach aren't... Uh, fully engaged. So now you're not breaking it down and you're not absorbing it. Now eating appropriately minimizes stress in your life. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because certain foods that you digest could engage a stress response too. So eating is going to help minimize the effects of stress, or I should say could negate added stress from eating poorly. You know, eating poorly can cause more inflammation too. Uh, so don't just think, well, I'm so stressed, so I don't care what I'm going to eat. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Eating the best diet still going to help you get through stress. But yeah, you're not doing yourself any favors if you're not restful while you're eating well and taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Anything to add to that? No, I mean... This is this is a really important stuff to know though because I think that like people people in the world right now think that if they have the best diet, that is the only thing people need to do with their health right now. Right, diet is one piece of the pie. Mm-hmm. It's important, but it's not the end all, say all, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of other ways to get chemicals in your body. Yeah. And every thought you have, be it a positive one or a negative or stressful one, creates a cascade of chemical reactions, okay? So it's not about just what you consume. It's about what you create, too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as part of this, I know we have more that we we need to talk about with different effects of the body. But, you know, I'm I'm already thinking like, oh, my gosh, how can we ever – overcome all of the overwhelming stress in our life what what can we possibly do i think is what what we we need to talk about um because we've already created this landscape that it's kind of like despairing it's not despairing but that's kind of probably where some some listeners are are at right now well yeah sure making the impact Shaking people up a little bit to the importance of understanding how significant stress is to your health picture, okay? Because we didn't even get into uh, the effects of cortisol, which is your primary stress hormone, creates more inflammation, which you don't need, suppresses healthy hormones like estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, human growth hormone, suppresses your immune system. And it keeps you from getting a good night's sleep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so many things are affected through stress. So, and, and ultimately mm-hmm. we, we could, we could go on with this forever. Yeah. I mean, so moving on to hope. <laughs> yeah. Positive message. yeah. Okay. So the good news is even though external stress is a constant, Okay. That never changes. People come into my office and say, My life's really stressful, whether they're a student or a business owner or mom or whatever. And I say,
1: Yeah, it sounds yeah. really stressful.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, but it's about context and it's about your perception and attitude towards that stress. It's really about what we let in, what we internalize. Because understanding, like, here's this stress in my life. I see it. I understand it. It's happening. It's not me. Right? It doesn't define who I am. doesn't steal joy from my life. Mm-hmm. It's just something that I have to deal with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's fine. That's stewardship. That's really what we're called to do. And, you know, I never want to uh, <laughs> discourage... Like I guess I do treat a lot of college students and they're so stressed. <laughs> uh, and part of me sometimes wants to just tell them like, this is, this is just practice stress. Dude, <laughs> like, like, Yeah. Dude, you guys got it made right yeah. now. This is, this is, this is still, this is batting practice. You know, yeah. you're not, it's only going to get more significant. <laughs> but the good news is this one thing we're entirely dependent on stress to grow. Okay. Without stress, without challenge, without conflict, we cease to exist, right? We need the challenge and we need the conflict to signal growth in our lives, right? If stress is bad for you, I'd never tell anyone to exercise. Okay. Yeah. Technically. Okay. Go go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, as part of that, and we could break this down, I mean, to the millionth degree, but like, as an example, you know, stress actually the chemical signals of stress, cortisol, some other ones in our brain, specifically our hippocampus, which is our memory centers, actually help us to remember things better. So if you're a little bit stressed out about a test tomorrow, you will do the research shows you'll do a little bit better than someone who's not at all stressed. All right. Dr. Nick Hyde advocating for cramming. I heard it here. <laughs> Well, you know what I mean. But at the same time, if you have too much of that hormone, it actually does inhibit your hippocampus, and you can't remember. Yeah, you can't access. Yeah, just so the the right amount. Yeah, well, and that's right. So, what is healthy stress? Healthy stress is in a proper intensity and proper dosage. Okay, so that's why my workout program is tailored to me, and if I do it right, it while being destructive in nature, signals growth and repair. Because my body, like nature has this cool like overreaction system where it's like, all right, I push my body one way and it's going to push back a little harder to prepare for that next time I stress my body. But my workout routine would be pretty terrible for my mom, our mom, right? Yeah. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) So you want proper dosage of stress based on your – capacity to handle it also length of time matters okay so if i'm putting you through a workout today uh and it's brutal right i say all right nick today from five to six i'm working you out and it's killing you right Mm -hmm. body hurts feel like you're dying (laughs) okay yes (laughs) i can imagine it yeah um you're gonna look at the clock and be like there's 10 minutes left I can do this. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's going to give you a little hope. Even that positive feeling of hope, like that change in your attitude, also attitude being like I know this is good for me, creates different different chemical responses in your body that makes you more adaptive to that stress. Okay? Mm-hmm. It helps to make that stress a positive. But if you had no idea if it was ever going to end, can you imagine the psychological abuse of exercise? Mm. If you just never knew when it was going to stop. Right. So the problem is that type of stress is good. It has the right intensity for the right length of time. The problem is our emotional stress that we carry with us. We take home. Doesn't end. We don't get that recovery period to adapt it and make us stronger. So we have it at home because our minds running through it. We have it in the office. We have it when we're in our car. We have it when we're in bed. And we never rest from it, so our body never gets to make it or creates that change where we can become stronger, build character. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's why I say, it, well, in my head, I I use more gentle terminology. I'm dealing with those students that are really stressed. Like, yeah, it is practice stress, but the idea is they're building character right now. Okay, yeah. and it's important most kids aren't going to remember what they learned in the classroom necessarily, right? But it's preparing them for, mm-hmm. like, the next phase of their life. It's building character that they need. And that's the importance of stress. Stress is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. You need context to know whether it's good or bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't even started to answer the question, though, of, like, how to deal with the stress. That how is harmful. With it. Yeah. But we're out of time, man. That's, we could do 40 minutes on that. Yeah. So yeah. Cliffhanger. We'll do a part part two to this. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, just as a little bit of a recap here, just stress, um, you know, we, you do see a lot of articles out there. If if you're going to go to, you know, to any kind of, health food store you see articles on the wall about stress and people talking about what you could do about stress you could find a million one articles online about it it's definitely a problem but how however we know it's a problem but we just don't even really know how it affects us a lot of people don't and they don't attribute the the problem the issue that they have they don't attribute to stress i I, you know a lot of people so you know And there are a lot of different types of stress. We're talking about emotional stress. We also brought up exercise being kind of like this physical and chemical stressor in our body. Mm -hmm. Um, We, we could even just go with chemical stress, you know, like not having a balanced blood sugar is one of the most stressful things you could do on your, on your body. That is what releases cortisol, which is the stress Uh hormone. Right. And, you know, and spiritual stress. I mean, mental stress, all this stuff, there's a lot of different types of stress. So we've kind of just only begun to expose the the issue here and, and what that issue might look like for certain people. Yeah, tip of the iceberg, so to speak. But it's an important topic, maybe the most important. So, yeah, this deserves follow-up. All right. Well, sounds good with me. So let's do this again sometime. <laughs> Yeah. Well, we'll, 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 uh, we'll we'll post them up together. So those people who are just waiting on the the edge of their seat, just look down and they'll, they'll be a part two to this. Okay. Okay. Good deal. All right, bro. I'll do it. Okay. Love you, man. Talk to you later. All right. See ya. Okay.